Today's episode of Market Zero is brought to you by TheGrandSlamDunk.com, featuring sports talk, pop culture critiques, and enough nonsense to fill a stadium. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or just visit the website. Market. country miking it with me out in denver colorado longmont colorado aurora colorado you just need to know that he's big mike dropping in colorado big mike what's going on baby the day is going well sir out here in colorado a beautiful sunny day today nice good day to go fishing today i'm not gonna lie oh yeah you gonna get out there maybe a little cherry creek reservoir uh, later on today I don't know. I've been slaying at Cherry Creek the last couple of days. Plus, they just stocked everything, so you know those fish are running crazy oh, you, right now. Oh, so it makes me go f- now. <laughs> it makes me feel like a real angler. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We. Uh, I just want you to know, for those of you who listened to uh, our podcast yesterday with G Money Grant, the uh, weather spring storm apocalypse hit Knoxville, Tennessee, and everything's all right. No tornadoes touched down. There was no flash. The the flooding was minimal at best. We have outstanding, outstanding uh, drainage systems here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Everything's fine. It is a beautiful, uh, sunny day out here. Not a cloud in the sky. High's going to be 67. I survived the spring storm apocalypse, Big Mike. I'm pretty happy about that. Hey, you know, hey, new climate, new atmosphere. Hey, it's uh, it's weird being down, be down in the south down there with y'all. <laughs> a little more humidity, a little warmer. Right. A little more intense on the weather. Hey, it's good. Hey, I'm telling you, Benny, you got to get back into the fishing deal down there, man, down south. A lot of big bass out there in the, in those in those neck of the woods. Yeah, but see, I don't have the the uh, amateur professional angler, Big Mike, to lead me out on a boat and and help me out with all that. I'm a novice when it comes to fishing, bro. You fished with me. You thought it was quite uh, hilarious. This is, this is true. This is true. Hey, there's no way to get better something just going out and doing it. Tell this is true. I struggled to get the worm on the fucking hook. I was pretty pissed off about it. Uh, it was pretty embarrassing for my half to watching you do that. I mean, love you and all, but that was just embarrassing. Hey, man, you know, I, I can be a jack of all trades and a master of none. Fishing is not going to be one of those things. <laughs> I've been focusing more on the master of none as we keep speaking of, so. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Big Mike, you listened uh, a little bit to uh, G Money and I's podcast yesterday. We talked heavy on NFL yeah, free agency, yeah. and you uh, you had some interesting thoughts on uh, NFL free agents, particularly uh, Adrian Peterson and uh, the other guy <coughs> that we didn't talk about yesterday that was cut by the Kansas City Chiefs, Jamal Charles. Jamal Big Mike, Charles, I, w- yeah. I wanted to get your rebuttal to what G Money and I were talking about. Uh, one, I want to agree with uh, agree with you guys here on, uh, of course. Adrian Peterson going to the Raider Nation. I think that would be a fucking fantastic, fantastic pickup for the Raiders. Um, my my whole thing here is in Denver. They had a deal on the uh, on the Channel Four News or whatever. You know, uh, would you like Adrian Peterson or Jamal Charles? Like everybody in the state of Colorado says, no, we don't like them. Why the hell not? One, you're talking about an instant Hall of Famer in Adrian Peterson, first round ballot, first ballot winner going to the Hall of Fame, top three running backs of all time. And you're saying you don't want this guy? You're out of your mind. Or Jamal Charles, who eats who eats the Broncos lunch every year with the quote unquote best defense in the in the AFC. Ooh, shots fired. Um, 
I mean, it's ridiculous to me that people in the in the state of Colorado say they don't want either one of these two guys. I'm telling you right now, if you put Adrian Peterson in the background, a guy who can hammer the ball out for 30 carries a game, I mean, granted, where the O-line is, is subpar to begin with, but I mean, even then in Minnesota, minus the last couple of years, he hasn't had fantastic O-lines out there. He's just been a monster and a workhorse for him out there. Plus, I mean, with both of them, with Jamal Charles and Adrian Peterson with their uh, injury history, I mean... They, like I agree with what Grant said, this is just uh, when you talk about Romo. This is a place for 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 uh, old, old uh, Hall of Famer and uh, you know Pro Bowl guys to come to Denver because you can heal. I don't know what it is about the altitude. You can heal here. Could be the uh, medical cannabis that uh, keeps getting all these guys back into game day game day shape. But I mean, right. whatever it is, man. I mean, I think it'd be a great spot for Adrian Peterson just because of the way he runs. Um, Jamal Charles, not so much because he's more of a scat back kind of guy, and uh, we got enough guys who who bounce it and fumble anyway out here in Denver. So, <laughs> I think a hard downhill runner um, like Adrian Peterson, a guy who can take thirty carries a game, who can relieve your quarterbacks of of having to make too many big plays on their own, I think that'd be a huge, huge ad here in Denver. But uh, like I said, if the Raider Nation got Adrian Peterson and they have Latavius Murray, that would be a two headed monster that you cannot. You could not defend. I agree uh, with that. I think, I mean, I think if, if the Raiders picked up Jamal Charles, um, just because of his injury history is the only thing that concerns me. Um, with him being injured so often, he, I mean, he's, he's made out of glass pretty much, you know what I mean? But he's a little guy, you know. And, you know, they, at the end of the year, you just saw that they needed more production um, catching the ball out of the backfield, which I think he can do. We'd be better than Latavius Murray and the other guys that got out in Oakland. But uh, other than that, man, I, I would love, love to see AP go to either one of those two teams. I um, I I think Peterson is a is a better bet just because he's a better back. I, my yeah. my question to you would be: Are you at all worried about Father Time for both of these these two guys? Have has it passed? Are they on Are they on a decline in their careers where they don't have any tank le- or they don't have any gas left in the tank? I think more for Jamal Charles one because he's a smaller body and uh, yeah. Yeah, the fact that when he comes back from injury, it takes him forever. To come back from injury, um, like I said, yeah, he didn't like, get a lot of reps back. last year, man. No, not at all. And that's yeah. and like I said with with Adrian Peterson, that dude. I mean, one of my favorite quotes of all time uh, was uh, was his name from the from the Vikings. D end. Uh, he went to Idaho State, played for uh, Kansas City for a long time. Uh, well, when he comes out, he goes, "Dude, this guy blew out his knee, and he's back in six months. This guy's a freak of nature." Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, Adrian Peterson can come back and and he blows the knee out. He's out. He's back in six months. I mean, you put that with the uh, medical staff Denver has out here. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? What could that guy do if he's out here getting back to his health and stuff like that? I mean, uh, he, he could be unbelievable out here for, I mean, three or four more years at least. Um, yeah. Just for the attention to detail from the medical staff part. Um, but like I said, like like we were talking about there is a father time, like I said, is, is, always, the, is always the champ. But I think that um, Adrian Peterson still has three or four more year, quality years left. Um, and Jamal Charles, I just do not think can can withstand what the Bronco with what the Broncos have. I don't think Jamal Charles could uh, could stand it here in Denver. Um, I think either one would be a good good acquisition in Oakland because of the O line. Um, granted, where I think it's only like two more years are going to have that, that whole the whole crew um, in Oakland up front. They're only signed for like two more years, I think, as a whole unit. So. That could they could struggle with that a little bit here too, but I think if Adrian Peterson picks up either one of them, they're automatically back in contention to to win more games. And I think if the Raiders pick up Adrian Peterson, I mean that that pushes them further 
into the playoff hunt. I mean, once again, if Derek Carr doesn't get hurt, I still think the I still think the Raiders got a good chance of winning at least one, if not two, games in the playoffs. What do you think about Derek Carr? You think he comes back and is the same quarterback that he was uh, last year before he uh, broke his leg? I think I think he will, man. He's still a young guy. I mean, that's one thing about about the youngsters is they're too dumb to know the difference. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> so uh, seriously, they're too dumb to know the difference. And I think Derek Carr is, is a work. He's a hard working guy. He's a, he's a you know. Uh, you know, let's get out there. Let's go hammer it out. Let's go grind it out, kind of guy. And so, I think he's going to be okay. Once again, you know, it's all. I mean, you know, they always say champions are made when nobody's looking. It's like, what is he doing in the offseason right now to propel himself into into being that uh, that Pro Bowl esque uh, quarterback again to lead his team back to victory? So, I'm excited to see what he can do, man. I I, I really really am. I think this is going to be the biggest offseason move of any team is how ever Derek Carr can come back from his injury. Yeah, uh, Jack Del Rio came out about an hour ago and said that everything that he has seen and heard, um, that him, along with everybody else in the organization, is expecting a full recovery and no issues for Derek Carr. So they're moving ahead, and and, uh, you are on the same side as your head coach, Jack Del Rio, um, on the Raiders uh, being able to bounce back, particularly in Derek Carr. Um, You know, freak injury, you know, broken fibula, that is, I mean, that's just awful. Um, but right. certainly hope the best for the kid because he had he, he was having a hell of a year. He was having an absolutely yeah. hell of a year, and it completely. I mean, you could see it in that playoff game that they lost to Houston. They just they were so deflated because the leader of their team was gone. So you know yeah. he's he's definitely the most valuable piece they have. And you know you add a guy like Adrian Peterson with Latavius Murray and the the couple other scat backs that they have. Plus, you got Amari Cooper on on uh, out there wide out. The Raiders are loaded, man. You know they could be a piece away. What um, I think the biggest concern that you've had that you've expressed to me off the podcast has been the Raider defense. Where uh, where would you like to see them go in free agency and in the NFL draft? Uh, you know, if, for me, I think interior D line and the secondary is what they got to pick up. Um, they got to get more pressure on the quarterback, and it can't just be from Khalil Mack up front. Right. Um, once again, you know their 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 defense was atrocious last year, man. I mean, where they won as many games as they did because their offense they could run the ball and they could manage the clock a little bit. But right. you know, their their secondary at the end of the year was picking it up really really well. Um, like I said, there are a bunch of young guys still, a bunch of rookies, you know, and they have both their corners are signed to long-term deals. Um, but they they have to pick up something there in the secondary, and maybe it's just scheme. I honestly don't. I honestly don't know. I think it's more personnel than scheme, but uh, they need. I think they need another uh, mid-level veteran guy in the secondary that can that can corral everybody and let's say let's go let's get it done and and, and point these young guys around the right direction right. um but once again you know d linemen and o linemen are the biggest are the biggest keys to winning games in the nfl i think uh minus quarterback position of course but um i think they need to get more pressure up front they need to be able to stop the run at the point of attack they can't rely on their se- their second level and third level guys are making so many tackles uh running the ball so i think they need to invest in d linemen interior d linemen which will help their secondary or they need to, to make that secondary solid up just a little bit more and those young guys need to come along huge in the off season if that's what's going to happen anybody in mind for you just off the top of your head out there guys who could help you out whether it's in the in the draft or opening free agents i know i'm putting you on I, the spot big mike i honestly would would trade to get veterans on d-line you have a, an okay. 
an entire you know a, a lot of a lot a lot of young guys in the in on their defense and i think you need that veteran leadership man you need guys who who know how to play the game who know how to adjust to the game on the fly um i would to be honest with you i would trade for a big name uh d lineman if they could and if not um i would say <laughs> fire sale trade two or three of your, of your later picks to get some better quality d lineman up there is all i'd say cash some picks in for some veteran leaders leadership pieces so that the Raider Nation can make a run at the AFC West title. I like it, Big Mike. I like where you're going there, my friend. Hey, the only people standing in their way are the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> God, I hate saying that, too. It's that so weird. so isn't annoying. It? Yeah, it's, it's annoying. Weird. I kind of hope they change the name. Like, I feel like you're moving to Los Angeles, and yeah, it's... The Chargers were in L.A., I guess, you know, way back in the day before you I, and I, I were it, I even even know. a spark in our parents' eye. They were in L.A. And then they, <laughs> but they've been to they, – they, they are the San Diego Chargers. I feel like they just need to rebrand it, have a new name, give Phillip Rivers, you know, a, a, a fancy new uniform. Maybe put him in some aqua, you know, different colors. Maybe switch it <laughs> out, you know. He's a bit of a puss, so you could put him in pink. I think that would be good, you know. Some I, I chartreuse know. and salmon <laughs> would be the best two colors. Yeah, Philip Rivers. I can't stand that idiot. But hey, I tell you what, Philip Rivers is coming close to retiring though, so they're gonna have to get some. Uh, they're gonna have to start making some more plans for that guy when he retires. I agree with that. We have uh, we have plenty of time to go over the NFL. The draft is in April. Free agency kicking off here uh, relatively soon. Does free agency start before or after the draft? Uh, during is when they make their big trades. And yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, Make a trade at any time, right? so those things are coming up, um, and uh, that's right around the corner. Um, but what's even closer, and is something that is near and dear to your heart, and has become my favorite sport as I have aged like a fine wine into my 30s, the sport of baseball is back, baby. We are back and rolling. Spring training <laughs> kicked off. We, uh, Rockies got six games under their belt right now. Let's stick with the theme of free agency. Um, Big Mike, what, uh, what offseason... MLB hot stove moves caught your eye. Things that made you uh, made you go ooh, and things that made you go oh my god, Ugh. that is terrible. <laughs> uh, I th- I think one my my overall favorite just because um, you know I've known the guy for forever is um, Mark Melanson going from the Washington Nationals to the Giants. I think that's huge. A four year, sixty two million dollar uh, right hand relief pitcher. Um, he was a big part of the of Pittsburgh and the Shark Tank when they were out there making their run of the playoffs. Um, once again, Golden uh, Golden High School out here in Colorado. Uh, like I said, I played with him when I was a kid. Great, great guy. Um, always, always a funny dude and can bring some heat, man. So that's my personal favorite of uh, everybody. But I think, uh, to be honest with you, I think the Blue Jays, man, um, Edwin Encarnacion leaving, going to Cleveland, I think is a huge, huge loss for him. I mean, you you re-sign Jose Batista for a one-year, 18, $18.5 million. I think that's way too much for a guy at his age with limited production last year. Um, Edwin Encarnacion, they they should have they should have made it where they could they could fit him back into into their into their scheme there. I mean, he did sign for three years, sixty million dollars. You can't really hate the guy for going to Cleveland for that. But nope. Um, I think that I think that's my biggest one. I think Ian Desmond going to the Rockies is ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Seventy million dollars five year. You're out of your mind paying that idiot that money. But hey, what do I know? That's why I'm doing a podcast in my at my house with no shirt on and gym shorts. And that's why this guy's you know, that's why all these guys are making millions. But uh, I think 
I think my uh, I think my another couple of them are uh, R.A. Dickey and my boy Fat Bartolo Colon going to the Braves <laughs> this year. Um, they they struggled so bad with starting pitching last year. Um, that I think Bartolo Colon and his 360 pounds and 5'8 frame right there for uh, one year, I think will, will hold them over for a majority of the season. Uh, Bartolo Colon, he's just a journeyman, man. He's gone from half the teams in the major leagues, uh, and he's just consistent, man. His consistency is what helps him keep, keep him where he's at. So I'm pretty excited about that. Hopefully R.A. Dickey can, uh, in a hitter's park, I think he's going to do a lot better out there in uh, Atlanta. So I think I, I'm really, really excited about that, actually. And then uh, our boy, old Matt Holiday, going to the Yankees. I think going right. up north out there, that's huge. And uh, and for the Yankees, Yankees are trying to make moves. And uh, they said that last year, man, that they're getting ready to, to make a run again. So I think that's the first step in getting all that going. Um, I'm ex- I'm excited, man. I'm not a real big uh, Matt Holiday fan since he left uh, Colorado, but I mean I think that's huge. One year deal, uh, thirteen million dollars. So hopefully that that works out for them. I think uh, Addison Volquez is going from Kansas going from Kansas City to Miami. Miami making big moves and uh, I think res- uh, resale of the team. Uh, in Miami over there, I think that's going to be huge. It's going to be a different environment out there. So Edison Volquez is going to be huge. He's going to be a crowd favorite out there in uh, in Miami. That's, I think that's a big, big, big uh, acquisition for him out there to keep him going. Um, you know, all the others. Uh, Raldis Chapman, I think, is going to be is overpaid again. Yeah, that was the one um, I wanted to talk about. How how the Yankees? That's a steal for the Yankees. You trade yeah. with the Cubs, um, and the Cubs get Raldis Chapman. Um, they burn his arm out in the World Series. Cubs are lucky they end up winning the World Series. And then he ends up re-signing with the Yankees. So the Yankees basically, you know, uh, they rented him out for half a season. And then they get, you know, arguably the best closer in the game back. Yankees are making moves, man. They're, they're uh, and you know, they're, they're in an arms race with, always with the Boston Red Sox who got Chris Sale. Um, yeah, Chris, that's huge. Dude, Chris that's Sale is another a one. monster. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been the best pitcher in Chicago for I mean for the White Sox for right. um, the last three years. I mean he's phenomenal. He won a Cy Young award, I think, and he's been an All Star for those three years. I think so. Well, and the the but, Yankees um, the Yankees are going through a bit of a youth movement, and they're bringing some pieces in. I think the AL East is going to be a fun way, race to watch as it usually is. Yeah, it's gonna be nice. So that'll be yeah, good. I'm excited that'll about that. Big Mike, yep. you are a Atlanta Braves fan. Full disclosure. You're a big Love fan the of the Atlanta Braves. Huge. You're, Huge. I, 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 I've never understood why, but you've been Bobby rocking. Cox, <laughs> Bobby Cox and Leo Mazzoni, the two best, the, the two of the best coaches of all time, dude. I Bobby agree with Cox that. For I agree with that. 13, 13 straight out there in the, in the NL East. And then, uh, like I said, Leo Mazzoni, the, one of the best pitching coaches of all time. The second uh, Bobby Cox uh, got relieved of his duties and Leo Mazzoni left to go to Baltimore, I mean, has been the downfall of Atlanta ever since. So those yep. two of my favorite Braves of all time. Because you've been rock, rocking a Braves hat since, you know, elementary school, man. That's always been a thing for you. Hey, <laughs> since I had hair on my nuggets, dude. I love the Braves. <laughs> you touched on big fat Bartolo Colon, um, who is, I believe, I believe he's like two years away from collecting Social Security here in this country. <laughs> um, he, uh, it's, it's really funny if, if you want something to amuse yourself. Um, when you're at work or, or uh, messing around on your smartphone, just go ahead and look up uh, uh, Bartolo Colon's rookie uh, card and his picture and then compare it to <coughs> the man right now. He has definitely put on at least two bills. Big, fat Bartolo Colon. I don't know what he does. I don't know how he does it, man, but he comes out there and for the last couple of years has always given quality starts um, doing that. You think, uh, you think with these acquisitions for the Braves that they're going to be able to uh, contend 
this year, or is this still a rebuilding process for the Braves? Uh, it's they're still. I still think they're going to be behind uh, the Nationals for even for as much as they've lost. Uh, the Nationals are still. I think the right as of right now are still the number one team in the East. Yeah. Um, Phillies are still on a on a downfall. Um, nobody from the Mets organization, minus Giannis, but this really entertains me at all. Uh, the Mets still got that that pitching staff though, and that's what's going to keep them in games, man. They have a ridiculous starting staff. Um, but the Braves are still, I think, two or three years away from from making real big runs at it. But they're gonna be they're gonna be competitive this year in the East, where they were the worst team in baseball last year, pretty much. Um, this year, I think they're gonna they're gonna make a better run. They're gonna be middle middle of the pack this year, I think, with the, just the starting pitching acquisitions out there. Um, I know that AJ Przinsky is no longer with the Braves, and um, they signed Kurt Suzuki free agency. Which Kurt Suzuki, you know, I like the guy and everything, but I still think they're paying him too much money. But you know, what do I know? <laughs> um, but like I said, you know, they, they're, they're going to get, the Braves are going to be competitive this year. And that's what I'm excited about. I want them to be competitive and playing games and be in every game that they're in, you know, not get blown out all the time. It's really all you can ask for in, in the major leagues, right? Like you, you usually yeah. just want your team to be in the race when you get into, um, the later months in the calendar, when you get into the fall and you get to October, you want your team to be in a race it, as, as someone who has watched the Colorado Rockies um, since the dawn of their existence in 1993, um, it has always been very depressing when they're out of it in July, <laughs> which happens more than most. So I'm, I'm rooting for your Braves, bud. I, uh, I gave you a lot of shit last year for them. Probably not the nicest oh, thing I've ever done in our friendship. <laughs> Definitely not, but that's all right. Hey, Well-deserved, though. Well-deserved. They're struggling, man. I can't... Okay. Yeah, winning solves everything. Can I can I circle back real quick to R.A. Dickey? Do you think he, uh, much like Adrian Peterson um, and Jamal Charles, we were talking about, you think he's got anything left in the tank? I I don't know. I think that I think being in Atlanta in a pitchers in a pitchers park, um, I think it's going to be huge for him. Uh, knuckleballer, uh, if he can keep the ball down and stay healthy, I think it'll it'll be very very good for him. Like I said, you know with the knuckleballers and stuff like that. I mean, uh, I mean he's an all-star, Cy Young Award winner, stuff like that. I mean, R.I. Dickey has the potential to, to come back and play well. You know, you see a bunch of pitchers every year where they have a couple of down years at one blow-up year, and you know, this could be it for him. Uh, like I said, with like I said, it's consistency with the Braves that's going to help him. That's why I said if R.I.D. can eat up a handful of innings for him, keep the ball down, you know, keep the ball in the park, right? Uh, it's going to be huge. Same thing, like I said with Bartolo Colon, man, he's consistent. He's consistent over the years, and that's why he keeps finding a job, man. He dude only throws mid eighties now, but he keeps the ball down. He gets a lot of ground ball outs, and uh, like I said, that's what the Braves need. They need just consistency on the mound. They can't have blow ups here and there. You can't have uh, you know. They can't have the fire sale, the seventh inning, where just all hell breaks loose, you know. So, I think um, I think both these guys they, they can go six, seven innings strong. They can go uh, keep the ball down, like I say, keep low scoring games, and I think that's what's going to benefit the Braves this year, man. I, I really, okay. really do. Okay, we'll keep our eye on the Atlanta Braves. Um, I know you will as well, and hopefully, you'll have something to root for come uh, come the fall, my friend. Let's stay in the National League, and we've touched on it a little bit. Um, the team that is. Near and dear to most of us on the Market Zero podcast, as well as most of our fans, because the base of it is is uh, out in Colorado, are the Rockies. And the Rockies made a big splash in free agency this year. You touched on it a little bit. A five-year, $70 million deal to Ian Desmond to play first base, a position that he has never played before in the major leagues. 
may have played it in Little League, may have played it in T-ball, may have played it somewhere else, but he has not done it in the major leagues. You're asking a guy to make a big transition um, in the middle to latter stages of his career. They rolled out a dump truck of money for him. Uh, I have yet to read any of the experts on ESPN, MLB, Bleacher Report, they all seem to say the same thing about this move, that it is one of the more puzzling, if not the most puzzling, off-season acquisition for any team. Big Mike, I've set you up. I'll get out of the way. I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, I honestly think it's because the Rockies base their entire winning on offense and not defense is why they picked him up. Uh, you know, Traditionally, NL, uh, AL players going to the NL, um, going from the American League to the National League, uh, I, I, they always start out better, hit the ball better. They they just see better pitches. They provide more power most of the time. So I think that's more of what they're going for. Um, yeah, I think the the Rockies have one of the best defenses, especially infields in the league. They have the I think they have the best. You know, for I'm, where I'm not a big DJ LeMahieu fan, dude's fantastic. Gold Glove right. winner, All Star. You know, led the league in batting average last year, and then. Uh, the, the the rookie out there at shortstop, I, I, I'm real real excited to watch him play again. Second year, year for Trevor Story coming Trevor back. Trevor Story, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so hope, hopefully he can come back from injury and do well. And then Nolan Arenado is Nolan Arenado. Right. Um, but I just, I just think that they're they're trying to base this on offense. You know, I think they watch a little too much Moneyball in the offseason <laughs> trying to fit pieces in there for you. You know, you know Jonah Hill, great job, but you're killing my Rockies right now. <laughs> It, it is puzzling. Um, I am always, I, I do not take the Jolly Jeff approach of um, being cynical going into the MLB season. I am always optimistic. Um, I hope it works out. I want baseball to be good with the Rockies. Currently right now, um, their starters, as you touched on, in the infield, Nolan at the hot corner. We already know what Nolan Arenado can do. He's in the he's in the conversation for top three third baseman in the league. Um, I think that's easy to make. Trevor Story, worry about the sophomore slump, but you know he hit the hell out of the ball. He either hit home runs or he struck out, so you look for that to drop off. He's also the Jose Canseco ratio. Right there, you go. You got DJ, the uh, the reigning um, MLB batting champ at second base. Ian Desmond, obviously, we touched on him at first base, um, and then Walters behind the plate. I I have always, and I think I've gone on record on our podcast of saying that, you know, I have always missed your Tori Alba behind the plate. I feel like he stabilized pitchers um, and just made the Rockies that much better and really helped um, the staff along throughout the year because he was a quality catcher. I worry about Tony Walters in that that area. Are you're, You seem to be a fan of Tony Walters, correct? Uh, yeah, I think he's doing good, man, especially for a, a younger dude in there playing, man. Uh, like I said, for the Rockies, they just kill me every year when I watch them out here. And I, I don't know if it's a if it's a, as a pitching coach, catching coach kind of kind of issue there because, I mean, if you roll five catchers in five, you know, well, more than five catchers, probably seven catchers in five years, right. and your guys don't get any better and your ERA is still that high, at some point it's got to be you. At some point it's got to be the coaching that's going on back there. And they're not helping anybody. You know, Nick Hundley killed me last year when I, I was excited about him at the beginning of the season because, you know, he's keeping pitchers in line, ball was down, you know, for the most part. And then, boom, it was destroyed. Like, he wasn't doing his homework, wasn't watching film, uh, wasn't paying attention to pitch counts and location and, and, you know, batter counts and stuff like that. And, I mean, it just killed me out there. I think the, the lack of attention to detail behind the dish is one of the most, you know, underrated, you know, blow-ups in, in the majors. I think it's just absolutely terrible 
terrible when you have a, a, a catcher in there that has no concept of what's going on. Well, and you, um, you brought up coaching. The Rockies have a new manager in Bud Black. Do you think he can help some of that out? Are you a Bud Black fan? I think it's just a new face, man. Uh, I'm not really a big Bud Black fan, you know. Um, mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I'm not a big. Uh, I'm not a big. Only only guy I love in the league is Joe Girardi. I love Girardi, man. Him and uh, <laughs> him and Joe Madden, those are my guys, dude. And, and Terry Francona, those three. And like I said, those are the only three that I, I really enjoy a lot watching. Um, Bud Black, like once again, you know, new face, new face, new new outlook on how the team should play. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do here at the beginning of the year. Your Rockies are always usually really, really strong in the beginning, and they just right. fall out around June, and then they're out by July. <laughs> so, right. Um, if we can some, find a way to, to stabilize that once again with the pitching staff and, and the catchers, I think if you can find a way to, to even that playing field out, I think it's going to be the best part for him. Yeah, I hope he I hope he does well. There's There's been a lot of hype um, around him. I know people in Colorado have loved the move. Um, I look at a guy who's never won anything, so I have concerns about that. But you know what? Clint Hurdle never won anything, um, and it was his first shot um, when he was the manager of the Rockies. And he has done very well. He did very well in Colorado, and he has always fielded competitive teams out in Pittsburgh. Um, so you hope that that's a renaissance there. My... My big concern with the Rockies isn't the field players. You know, um, out in the outfield, exactly, yeah, exactly. you have Charlie Blackman in the center. He's solid. Cargo is cargo. People can knock cargo, Carlos Gonzalez all they want. I think Cargo is still um, a top outfielder, both on the field and at the plate. And then you have a battle out and left um, with the young kid, David Dahl, and uh, Para, who it, it's. It's looking like, from everything I read, that Parra is probably going to be the utility outfielder because he can play all. I like Gerardo Parra, those... dude. I, think, I do too. I, I do yeah. too. I like him I love a lot, him, dude. So you have you have those pieces out in the outfield, but it always comes back to with the Rockies to pitching. Um, they have uh, I like I, they have an ace. Uh, I don't know if they have a rotation, but they definitely have an ace. Jonathan Gray is an ace. He proved that last year. He can throw the high heat. Um, he's going to eat up innings. He can give you seven innings out there and give you some rest for some bullpen. Then you have Bettis, Anderson, Chatwood, and Hoffman. So you have pieces there. They signed some guys out there in the bullpen with Greg Holland and Mike Dunn and CC Lee. I am still I'm in wait-and-see mode with the bullpen. That was the Achilles heel last year. The Rockies were only five games out at one point in, uh, in early October. Um, so they were, they were in the hunt. Um, maybe it was, it was, uh, in the middle of September, I may be getting those, those months mixed up, but they were in the hunt, but their Achilles heel was the bullpen. So I'm, I, as an optimist as I am with the Rockies, I'm really hoping that Bud Black can sure up two things. Um, and that is the relief pitching and the bullpen along with, uh, who's behind the dish for, for the rocks. That's what I'm hopeful for. You got Adam Ottavino being the closer. Um, that's what he's slated to go in. I'm a huge Ottavino fan too, yeah. man. I love Ottavino. Throws hard, does all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I can't. I only agree with you on all this, man. Their middle relief is just terrible. I think Jason Mott at the beginning of the year was doing fantastic, and then he just blew up at the end, man. Was getting destroyed, leaving the ball up, bad pitch selection, and you know, I hope I hope he comes back. I hope he comes back stronger this year. Um, Harrison Musgrave has the most innings pitched uh, for spring training right now for the Rockies right now. So hopefully that's a sign of good things to happen for him that. Uh, they're going well, but you know the same thing like Jordan Lyle. I don't know what the deal with Jordan Lyle is. Twenty-two and a half ERA in two games already. Five hits, five runs, five earned runs, two jacks, a walk, but he has three strikeouts. So um, I don't know. It's either you know feast or famine with him, and I, I hope Jordan Lyle can get it figured out. You know, it's one of those still spring training and stuff like that. So 
you know, we'll see how all that goes right now. But, um, you know, the Rockies still, you know, if you look through all their stuff here, you know, like I said, minus Harrison Musgrave, you know, everybody's ERA is over four right now for, for the Rockies and, and their pitchers right now, which, you know, you know, it's usually said in baseball that pitching is always ahead of hitting. Right. The of year, you know. And so if that's being ahead of the hitting right now, that's not a good sign for the Rockies for the rest of the year so right. far. But once no. again, they're only seven games into it, and you know we'll see how we'll see how that pans out here by uh, by the start here of game day. I was um I was really uh, bummed out that they shell out all this money for Ian Desmond, but then you don't find any money to re-sign a guy like Boone Logan, who I thought was one of their best, if not their best, yeah. relief pitcher. He's right now with the Cleveland Indians. Um, I don't know why if you're gonna roll the dump truck out for. For a guy like Ian Desmond, who has never played first base, why wouldn't you roll the dump truck out for a guy like Boone Logan, who was a was a pretty good reliever for you? Pitching is a premium. That's what it always comes down to. It always comes down to this: the bats get, you know, hitters get all the love, um, but you win with pitching. And if you have a good one, you wanna you wanna retain that and and keep that. Um, there's always this. There's there's this myth about Coors Field that you know your your pitching is going to plummet when you know when you go and you pitch in Coors Field and that's not true when the Rockies have had solid talent guys like Jeff Francis um, guy like Aaron Cook when you've had guys Tim like Hudson. that absolutely when you, when you have guys who are low ball pitchers um, who keep the ball down who don't let it rise up who don't leave the hanging curveball out in the middle of the freaking plate so guys can just jack it 500 feet out of course Field. I don't give a fuck what fence you have up there. I don't care if that fence is, you know, 300 feet tall. It's not going to help. You need talent. So you have to spend money in order to be good. I wish the Rockies would have signed this guy um, in Boone Logan and kept him around for another year. He only signed a one-year deal with Cleveland. Um, and maybe that maybe that was more him. Maybe he looked at a contender and said, that's who I want to play for. I want to go because... When you look at the Rockies in the division, they're still looking up at the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants. That's who you're looking up exactly. to. Exactly. Um, and the you Diamondbacks know, I, always kind of throw it in there. The Padres, I don't worry about the Padres. Um, but the Diamondbacks are a wild card because they, even though their franchise seems like they're a bit in turmoil, um, they always can give the Rockies a run for their money. So you're playing right now for a wild card spot. You know, I don't think anybody expects the Rockies to win the division. It would be nice. No, nobody. <laughs> it would be nice. It would be nice. Um, I think they have, <laughs> they have, they have a great starting lineup. But I, I really wish they would spend their money on pitching. Um, if they let Jonathan Gray walk out of Colorado, um, you know, he's not up for a contract. I don't know if this is his contract year. I don't know. I don't have that in front of me. But if you let that guy go, that is just an indictment more on the Monforts. Um, and we can pile on those guys uh, even more. You know, you got to keep talent. You can't let talent walk out the door. You just can't do it. And I, I think you brought up a great point here with the the Montfords and stuff like that. You know, they're all about making money. And what puts people what what puts people in the stands? Scoring mm-hmm. runs. And that's why I think that they right. base their their team around offense because it's Coors Canaveral. You know, the the ball jumps out in, in Denver. You know, they did raise the wall in right field though. Let's not forget that. But um. <laughs> The wall raising and the bros and Brodo <laughs> up, up on the rooftop, but uh, you know they're all about making money, man, and and that's that's the sad part about the Rockies organization is that you know and the Montfort said we're going to spend money this year. You spend on Ian Desmond, not right. starting pitching, not not relief pitching, not middle relief. You know, 
that, that, that's where you to be competitive. Guess what? If you make the playoffs, you're going to make more money. Right. If your team wins more often, you're going to make more money. Once you think of it that way, then the then the upfront, I want my money now. I want to get it when you know. I want to get it as soon as possible. That's what the Monfers do, man. They're spending money on runs and vanity rather than wins, and that's why that's why teams like the Rockies just never quite quite get out of the cellar because they're they're building their team in reverse. They're building it in the wrong way. If you get good starting pitching, then things are gonna like we were talking about earlier. You know, off pod here's uh the Mets. The Mets are are very average around the field. Minus Giannis Cespedes. But their starting pitching is fantastic. Lights out. They're phenomenal. Yeah, lights out. And that's what people go to see. Hey, guess what? You can still bring people to the crowd if you got good starting pitching going on. I mean, how many times have you gone to Rockies games when they're not $6 for the front row that, right. you know, you look at who's pitching, you're like, eh, I really don't want to watch that pitching lineup. <laughs> or, when, you know, for me, I like going there when when opposing pitchers, when they got good opposing pitchers coming up, shoot, yeah, I'll go watch that game. I just want to go watch that guy t- hurl the rock there and throw eight shutout innings until cargo goes yard at the end of the game. You know what I mean? So, but, um, I, you know, the Monfords are all about making money and, and I really feel bad for the Rockies organization that that's how they're doing it. You know, I really hope that, that the Ian Desmond thing works out. I really do because I'm a huge Rockies fan, you know, you know, hometown team. I love going to the games, but you know, for me, I just don't see it happening this year. I still think exactly like you said, they're still behind the Dodgers and, and the Giants, man, the Giants haven't made the playoffs in uh, two years, man. So so you know it's about their time to start rolling around. Well, the Giants the were in there last year. Giants were in there last. Were they in there last year? Oh, yeah. the end, right? They got hammered though in the playoffs. Uh, they well, they were up on the Cubs, man, and then they uh, and then they blew it. Yeah, apparently I didn't pay attention to the playoffs <laughs> last year at all. It's all right, Big Mike. It's all right. It's Ugh. all right. I I just think in this day and age in the MLB, you you have to be honest about what your team is. They're never going to outspan the Los Angeles. They're just not. They're never going to outspend the Giants. They're just not. But that's fine. You don't have to break the bank, um, but you have to keep talent around and 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 foster it. I mean, I look at a team like the Kansas City Royals, who came out of nowhere a couple years ago with young kids um, and a couple salty veterans. They were loaded. They had burners in the bullpen. Um, I, I would like the Rockies to to go kind of in that direction as opposed to just shelling out big bucks for a veteran to play a position that he's never played before. There are other ways to do things. Um, and when the Rockies were good and when they made the World Series and they had that run where they made the playoffs um, and baseball was alive and kicking in Denver, it was homegrown talent. Um, and, you know, you had guys like Todd Helton and Matt Holliday, guys they drafted. Um, and then, you know, Jeff Francis, Aaron Cook, and then you added pieces. You know, Troy Tulowitzki was an, a, a drafted piece. You added all these other things and built from within. And then you added some veteran pieces a, along the way, like LaTroy Hawkins. Um, uh, who's the closer? The, uh, the white guy. Houston Street. Um, Houston Street. Yeah, you, you got pieces there. So it's doable. Um, you can... You can give the Giants and the Dodgers a run for their money. I, I hope, I'm, and, I, and I continue to hope, and I will always hope, Mikey, because that's what baseball is. Baseball is 162 <laughs> games of hope, baby, and I'm going to live in it. Um, <laughs> but you can do that. And I, 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 I am optimistic about the Rockies. I think if Bud Black is everything that everybody says he is, um, that he'll be able to... Um, you know, hopefully work with the bullpen and get those guys rolling, but it is obviously a wait and see. We're six games into spring training. Rockies are four and two right now. Should you take a lot of stock into spring training? No, you shouldn't. But what you should take stock in is baseball's back. 
We're getting rolling here. I'm excited for opening day. We also have the World Baseball Classic kicking off here in three days, 16 hours, and 57 minutes. That's right, Big Mike. I have the clock up. On, I appreciate you. Having <laughs> I got it up on on the computer. What uh, are you excited for the World Baseball Classic? You think that's going to be a good one? Uh, I always like watching World Baseball Classic, man. Just watching the guys who are out there, and uh, you know, a bunch of major league guys, guys from around the world. I mean, I just I just like it in general. I think that's you know, the the mid Olympics Olympics they're playing baseball. Baseball <laughs> is you know world. I mean, minus soccer, you know, it's it's a huge you know world renowned sport. Um, like I said, I always love watching uh, watching the teams from Asia come out. You know, they always got the the goofy releases of pitchers and stuff like that. They're all fast. They're very, they're very, very, very fundamentally sound. And then you just have the raw talent from from the Caribbean and South America and stuff like that. Guys from Cuba and Colombia and stuff like that. You always have those and Venezuela. You always have those guys with with just raw ability and talent and and so much so much on their side that they could you know potentially be in the major leagues at some point you know um but like i said i'm a huge fan of of fundamental baseball Um, baseball is always fun when you see you know home runs and this and that and those kind of things like that but for me i love watching fundamental baseball and i love absolutely love watching all these guys come out um for the world baseball class i love watching the way they play like i said the teams from asia defensively how, how spot on they are how fundamentally sound they are i always like watching that it's uh it's pretty cool man baseball you know it is it is america's heirloom um, it is our it is our pastime. It may not be the most popular sport in our nation anymore, but it is definitely fundamentally American. Um, and you've got, you know, how they break it down is you have four pools. You do pool play, and then once pool play is done, um, then you get into the tournament. And they are playing games in Seoul, Korea, Tokyo, Miami, um, and then it ends up um, where uh, the the final for the bracket ends up in Los Angeles. So. In Pool A, you have uh, China, Taipei, Israel, the Netherlands, and Korea. I know nothing about any of the players that are playing in any of those in Pool A. In Pool B, you have Australia, China, Cuba, Japan, Pool C, Canada, Colombia, the Dominican Republic, and the United States of America. And then the final right. pool, Italy, Mexico, Puerto Rico, uh, excuse me, Puerto Rico, and Venezuela, those guys will duke it out, much like, I believe it's kind of like soccer pool play in the World Cup, where whoever wins yeah. the most games in the pool, then you get to advance. Then they have another pool round where they'll do that again. That's And this is pretty quick. The first round of pool play goes from March 6th to March 10th. The second round of pool play goes from March 12th to March 16th. And then March 20th through the 22nd, you have the tournament. So it's fun, man. It's fun to see guys representing their country. And i got to believe... Baseball has become such an international sport that I got to believe for a lot of guys, this is this is very important to them. Maybe not as important as the World Series, but incredibly important, especially for you know guys who play out of Cuba and the Dominican Republic to represent um, where they're from out there. So I, I I think it's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I will be tuning in in three days. I do. Hey, if, if I can find find a way to watch, I'm going to watch it, man. I always love watching the uh, World Baseball Classic. It'll be good stuff, man. It'll be good stuff. Baseball kicking up. We're kicking the tires and lighting the fires. We got the NFL draft coming down the road. We also have March Madness, and you will be filling out a bracket for the Grand Slam Dunk.com, just so you know, Big Mike. I'm gonna put that on your oh, radar yeah. right now. <laughs> hey, first of all, hey, I'm hey, I'm great at March Madness. You know this. <laughs> yeah, you're great. You're great because you don't pay attention to it and you just say fuck it, you know. Whereas someone like me spends hours upon hours you know, going over stats and rosters only to get screwed by Gonzaga and Butler year in and year out. 
Hey, who, hey, who, who are we with when we were at the school? And they're, they're like, I just like the way their uniforms look. I'm going to choose them. Are you serious? Yeah, that was one of my office mates, and she ended up winning the oh fucking pool. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's bogus. It's bogus. But I'm excited for that. We got all that coming around. Big Mike, you got anything else you want to talk about, my friend? No, man, I just, hey, excited for baseball to get started again, man. Like, hey, opening day, I can't wait to wait for it to come out and start. Um, hoping they start uh, playing some more, they start playing some more of the uh, spring training on TV, man. I can't wait for that. Usually Saturday, Sundays are going to be the big thing. Hopefully my uh, Braves come through this year. I'm pretty excited. Freddie Freeman killing it right now, hitting 700 in uh, spring training right now, <laughs> leading the spring trainers. <laughs> pretty excited about that. And uh, like I said, man, I just hope the Rockies can pull it together this year, man. I, I hope they can find a way to, you know, all this offense. I hope they score 15 runs a game because they were giving up nine a game last year. So, you know, they can score 10 a game and give up nine. We're going to be all right this year, I think. There you go. There you go. We can mark that up, baby. Mark that. Hey, uh, if you happen to be interested in aromatherapy oils or cooking oils, I need you to email my friend G Money Grant, grant at thegrandslamdunk.com. He's got some pretty cool things that he's setting up with his wife in that area. You ever done aromatherapy, Mikey? The, you, uh, all the years you've known me, do you have you ever thought of me using aromatherapy for No, me? no, I haven't. But maybe maybe okay, it's time maybe it's time for it you to to check that out, you know, to do a Come little on, decompression, you know. No, not down. Okay, all right, all right. Come on, man. Well, only, only aromatherapy <laughs> I have is bacon in the morning on a Sunday, <laughs> right after church. I like that. If you, uh, clearly, Big Mike um, likes the sound of sizzling pork in the morning. If you are interested in any other things, make sure you email Grant. Um, he'll be able to provide you some information and get you some stuff going with that. Um, he's pretty excited about that. His lovely wife is excited to get that stuff going. It should be pretty cool. So help us out with that. Um, and if you happen to be a fan of our show, we would really appreciate it if you would be so kind as to leave us a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. We love some five star input. Let me say that again. Some five star input, five star emphasis on the five star Input on what you, the fans of our wonderful show, all of you out there in wonderful radio land, what you like about what we do. Um, thank you in advance for, again, the five-star treatment. We really appreciate it. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Grand Slam Dunk Know You. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash the, I'm sorry, facebook.com backslash Market Zero Podcast and facebook.com backslash the Grand Slam Dunk. Thank you to the brilliant Ross Palmer along with Basin Energy Recordings for allowing us to use his amazing techno track, Ukray. I think it's techno, maybe house music. I don't know what those crazy guys out in L.A. define it as. It's a great track. Big Mike, it is always a pleasure, my friend, to do a podcast with you. It's been real. It's been fun. It is always a lot of fun. Let's go ahead and mark it. Mark it. Because I'm not going to do 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 it.